Morning, everyone. Welcome to Abbey Bible Church. Welcome to our communion table. This is a time when we seriously confess our sins and ask God to cleanse us and then fill us, to lead us and to sanctify us. So give God a moment of silence. As we confess, we remember the grace of Christ. Holy God in heaven, our creator and our king and our father, we come to you to acknowledge your greatness and your goodness. We're thankful for what you have done to us, giving us a, a life, first of all, with your image and giving us the free will so that we might know your love. However, our ancestors misused the free will and fell into sin. And none of us were free when we're born with a sinful nature. And it's almost, it actually is inevitable when we fall into sin and at a certain age it becomes accountable to us. And all of us are marching to hell until you have pulled us back. You have given us a redeemer who is your son, your only begotten son. And you send him into the world that you created together. You have um, let him live a perfect, sinless life, which didn't deserve death. But he, out of obedience to you and love for us, gave his life to die on the cross for our sins. And then he, because of your grace and the faith in your power, he was resurrected from the dead. He's now ascended into heaven. He sits on the right hand of you, and you will send him back to rule over the world, to cleanse the world, and uh, at his second advent. So today, we're living between the two advents of Christ. Having heard of the gospel, having been, having been transformed by the Holy Spirit, whom you sent to give us a new spirit, a new life in Christ Jesus. We're now here gathering as your people, your new people, uh, your people in the spiritual kingdom of God. And then we are here honored to glorify you, to serve you. And we're here to remember your grace through Christ Jesus. But before we take the elements, we are here to confess our sin. Ever since we have been saved, we have a new spirit already saved. We have a soul being saved, and we have um, a body which will be saved, but we still may sin with our thoughts and words and actions, doing things that are not in agreement to your holiness and not benefiting, edifying others. For those, we are here to confess, and we are here to agree with you on your judgment on those. And we pray for your forgiveness you have already given us unto, uh, unto us through the Christ, unto Jesus, uh, through Christ's death on the cross. And uh, we are here to reclaim that forgiveness. And we pray that uh, you will sanctify us through our confession and then as we dump the dirt in our soul, you will fill us with the Holy Spirit again. Sanctify us. Make us holy 
make us righteous, make us pleasing to you so that we may exhibit the life of Christ Jesus which you put into us and we will live it and then we will exhibit and we will pray that others may see the love and goodness and holiness of you, your life. And we pray that they will be attracted to come into the family of God. We pray that by our obedience, our confession, and our um, um, repentance, and uh, we will be sanctified day by day, word by word, thought by thoughts, and then we'll be more Christ-like. And we pray that when we see him, him at his second coming, he will call us faithful. And in that line of thought, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come and distribute this sermon. In our communion devotionals, uh, we have been doing a series called um, The Spirits of the Law. Okay? And then the New Testament said that uh, the word, the letters of the law condemns us, but the spirit of the law gives us life. And uh, it, it's in the sense that if you are under the law of God, which is good, which was, give, was given to Israel to help them to live a life Blessed life on the Holy Land. But it is inevitable for them to sin. 
because, um, well, first of all, they don't have the Holy Spirit yet, right? And then uh, no matter how you try, if you live under the law, it is inevitable that you will do something violate some law at some time, okay? And someone will do that because for Israel, only if all the people who uh, will never live uh, in um, violation of any law at any time, only under that condition they can live permanently on that land. But when someone violates some law at some time, those sins will accumulate and it ending up that they be evicted from the land, right? From this, the law is their contract of rental covenant, basically, right? For the land uh, of God. So God used Israel's experience to show us that life under the law is not a way for salvation, okay? For Israel, it was not salvation. Anyway, they have already been saved from slavery, right? It was given them as a guide of life on the, um, on the Holy Land. So the law is not for salvation. And if you want to be saved, you cannot go the way of works under the law. And Jesus actually challenged us more, saying that uh, in the, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, which is spiritual kingdom, it's even higher than the visible kingdom in Israel. If you enter, un, want to enter the kingdom of heaven, now even sins in the thoughts are counted. And then he used examples by, uh, from the Ten Commandments, but elevating them. For example, the fifth, uh, sixth commandment. Okay? See, the, the, the commandments, the Ten Commandments, or the Decalogue, you can write them into like the, the letter law, okay? L, which has a vertical dimension and a horizontal dimension, right? And there are four about man to God relationship, okay? The spirit of the law, we might remember now, be faithful, be grateful, be consistent, and be trusting. Okay. The fifth one is a joint one, both vertical and horizontal, because you, uh, you need to be obedient to God's uh, authorities on earth. So you're obedient to man, but it's actually to God, right? That's the joint. So that f those five are vertical relationship, even though the first four are man to God. The fifth begins man to man, but it's still vertical. The latter five are horizontal and they are social laws. They are about three social values in the right order. Okay? The number one is thou shall not murder. Okay? King James said thou shall not kill. That is not accurate. It is thou shall not murder because there are two verbs. Okay? To kill, well, is allowed at certain situation. You can kill an animal for food. Okay? Uh, you can kill a murderer for justice. All right? So at certain time to kill is allowed. And you can kill a soldier who is trying to shoot at you. Right? And you can kill a, a thief who came at night when you don't know if he came to kill you or steal from you. Right? But you can't kill him in the daytime when you know he's here to steal, not to kill. So to kill is allowed at a certain time, but to murder is absolutely not. Right? And the, the Bible used that verb. Okay? Thou shalt not murder. Okay? And then the spirit of the law is respect life. Okay? Why? Because human lives are created with God's image. 
So if you disrespect human life, you're disrespecting God's image. Okay? So it's more than an offense against man, you're also offending God. Right? So respecting life, human life, first of all, and then all life is possible. Okay? So if you see a, a, a bug on the road and it doesn't bother you, let him live. Right? But ants getting to your house, you kill them. <laughs> right? So, yes, uh, limited killing, only if it's absolutely necessary. Right? So, respect life is the first spirit of the law. And then Jesus elevated it when he presented the spiritual kingdom of God. He says, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, now even hating people in your heart is like murdering people in your heart. So haven't we hated people? Be honest. If you're honest, raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, okay. So if you have hated people, you have murdered people in your heart. And if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven by works, now you're automatically disqualified. So Jesus is saying, this is not the way. It's an impossible way. The other way is the way of grace through faith. Okay. So if you recognize, recognize that the old way, the way of the law and the works doesn't work for salvation, then let's try the new way, which is grace through faith. Jesus Christ gave us his life to be the payment for our sins. His life has no sin. He has no debt to God. He has all the assets if you may count that as a moral asset of righteousness in, his, in God's moral bank. And uh, he's willing to share with us as long as we acknowledge that we are sinners and uh, we cannot save ourselves. And if you are humble enough to recognize that that's a fact and you mourn for that fact that you can't save yourself, and now the gospel will become meaningful to us. Jesus died for our sins, and then if we believe in him and receive him, re accept his love, and then he will cover us from our sins, from God's wrath on our sins. Those debt has been paid, and now his righteousness is shared with us. We used to have nothing in the moral ledger of God, and now we have the righteousness of God, which is infinite perfection. It was a transformation immediately, and it's not by our works. Should we work to prove our faith? Yes, but that's after you're saved by faith. So since we have been saved by faith, now we are living as believers. We are here to remember the grace okay, that he gave us for free. He gave us uh, with a high cost, though, of his life. So it was free for us, but it was high cost for him, right? So we remember his grace, therefore we shall respond to his love by giving him our love and our life. So just like when a man and woman get married together, they share their life. When you receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we share our lives. Okay? He paid for our sins and gave us his righteousness. He's now our head, we're now his body. So what should body do to the head? Listen to the body, right? And then he's our spiritual husband. We are his spiritual wife. What should a wife do to the husband in an ideal family? Submit, right? 
ideal family. We're not family or ideal, but in an ideal family, that's the way to be, right? The, the husband loved the wife as his own body, which Jesus certainly did. And in return, the wife respects the husband as to the Lord. That's his submission. So think in those terms. God made these illustrations. I didn't. And they all carry the true meaning of a real spiritual life, li alive, meaningful, and eternal life in Christ Jesus. So let's remember the grace of God through Christ Jesus. He gave us his body on the cross, a sinless life, sacrifice for the sinful. We take this unleavened bread in, in remembrance of his sacrifice. He shed his blood on the cross to cover our sins. He also promised to, um, to drink with us at his second coming in celebration of his success of saving us. So we are living in between these two. Let's remember his grace before and expecting more of grace and accountability in the future. Dear Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we come to you acknowledging you as our head, our spiritual husband, and our Lord and our King. We are here being the recipient of your love, the greatest love of all, by giving your life. And we have been changed by the Holy Spirit, thanks to you sending him. We have received your love. We pray now that we will be transformed by the Holy Spirit as we are willing to ask for the filling and transformation, sanctification, and we'll be changed to be more like you. You exhibited the essence of God, the obedience and the love, and we pray that we shall exhibit the same life and attract others into the family by your will, and may your name be glorified through our lives. In your name we pray, our Father.